Welcome back to Confessions from the Sidelines, and I'm your host, Sarah L. Cowart. I am thrilled to share today's episode with you. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank our partners. I love shopping online at Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. You can enjoy member-only prices where members save an average of $32 on every order. I love that you can choose your own membership term. For me, I went with a 12-month membership because it comes down just to $5 per month. But if you're not sure if Thrive Market is the right fit for you, you can easily give it a try for a shorter period of time. And remember, if you choose the Thrive Market annual membership, it is 30 days risk-free. Head on over to thrivemarket.com slash sidelineconfessions to get 20% off your first order and a free gift. Y'all know how much I love CB Supplements. CB Supplements is a multi-collagen protein powder, meaning it contains all five types of collagen from four animal sources. Not to mention, it's NSF certified for sport and supported by Dr. Kate. You won't find a cleaner multi-collagen supplement out there. CB Supplements has been so kind to give all of our listeners $5 off your order. Head on over to cbsupplements.com and grab yours today. Don't forget to use the code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, for $5 off. Now, on to today's show. Today's guest is Shay Haddo. Shay is an expert coach and speaker on confidence and mindset for female athletes. As the host of the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast and author of She the Confident, Shay is widely regarded for her insights on confidence and mindset by parents and coaches around the country. After overcoming her own struggles with confidence throughout her club and collegiate soccer career, Shay knew that it was her life's purpose to provide female athletes with the mentorship that she wished she had had when she was younger. Shay's mission is to empower female athletes of all ages to uncover their greatest superpower of all, allowing them to build unshakable confidence so they can live and play to their fullest potential. Here's my conversation with Shay. Hey, Shay, welcome to the show. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Excited to dive in. Oh, me too. I like, first of all, I want the people to know how you and I got connected. And like, that's through this online world of social media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so tell everybody a little bit about like what you do, who you are and like how sports has played like a big role in your life. Yeah. I mean, sports has played a huge role in my life. So Um, I currently am a confidence, mental performance, emotional resilience coach. Um, And I really got into it because when I was young, when I was 12 years old, before that, I was really confident, played soccer and basketball. Um, And then when I was 12, I tore my ACL. So like going through a traumatic injury at such a young age was really hard physically, but more so like mentally and emotionally. And I totally lost all my confidence. I really struggled with confidence in the sport all the way. I mean, college was a little bit better, but it was still tough. And it was just this constant, you know, self-doubt. I started to lose my love of the game. I almost quit when I was 15 because I just was not confident and not having fun. Um, And then in college, I kind of had a, you know, hit rock bottom my junior year and I had a horrible season. I was like, I only got one season left. I wasn't starting. I was being a bad teammate. It just was not a good year. Had another injury. And then finally, like in between junior and senior year, I was like, there's got to be something more that I can do other than just train more and work out more. Like there's got to be something more I can do. 
So I started like diving into, you know, mental performance and sports psychology and like started taking some classes and just kind of diving into that. And then my senior year, like I learned some, some techniques and just, just kind of started changing my mindset. And senior year was like a complete 180 from junior year. And so a senior year ended up awesome team captain. And then when I started coaching after college, I was, you know, coaching 10 year olds, 12 year olds, even college kids. I realized that like, I was not alone in how I felt as a teenage girl. Like these girls are going through the exact same things as me and, and a little bit different and even worse with social media. And maybe we'll get into that. Um, but that there just wasn't many resources out there for them. And so that's why I kind of shifted from, you know, soccer coaching to more of the mental performance confidence thing. Cause I just saw such a big need for it. That's so cool. Will you share a little bit about, cause you just mentioned like you obviously played soccer in a bunch of different sports growing up, but at what point did you realize like soccer's my thing and this is what I want to do at the collegiate level? Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting because my whole life, it was always like ah, soccer, basketball, soccer, basketball, like I love them both. Um, and I actually was probably more, had more raw talent in basketball. Um, but I just felt like the opportunities for scholarships, opportunities, the the culture at the time for me was better in soccer. Um, and so I remember it was, I think my freshman year, the high school basketball coach was like, you have to choose, like, you can't play soccer. You can't go to tournaments and play basketball. And so I was like, well, if I want to play soccer in college, I, I, I have to, because these are the tournaments I'm going to get recruited at. So I had to make this decision, unfortunately, to quit basketball when I was a freshman. And I really wish I would have been able to play, um, but then you never know what, what would have happened. So I had to make that decision much earlier than I would have liked to. Yeah. So how did that recruiting? So once you kind of quit basketball, you know, cause we always say here on the show, you know, you've got to start the process early and it's not necessarily like the recruiting side of things, but also the academic side of things, yeah. but like you're now playing on these travel teams, you're doing the soccer thing what did that recruiting process look like for you? Because you did, you ended up playing at a division one school, right? Yeah, I did. It was, uh, it was, it was tough for me. It was a very emotionally and mentally difficult, um, journey because like I said, in, in that time, so, you know, freshman, sophomore, those were the, the big years that we were really getting into it. And I played for a really, really high level team. Like my teammates were getting looked at by North Carolina. One of them went to North Carolina, BYU, Santa Clara, um, you know, like all of these really, really like cream of the crop. Right. And I was me along with a few other of my teammates were like, we're not, we weren't really getting emails back. We weren't really, you know, getting the, the looks that we wanted. And so a big part of my confidence issues as well was like, I don't, I don't belong here. Like, there's no way I'm going to get recruited by, I remember my first dream school was Pepperdine. And I just remember like, there's no way that Pepperdine's going to want me. And so it was a, a tough process for me. Luckily, my, my club coach was very well connected. Um, we went to all the right tournaments. We went to all the right showcases. And so I, I got looked at, at uh, it's called Surf Cup. It's in San Diego, one of the biggest tournaments. Um, so I got looked at there by a school called Virginia Commonwealth University. I had no idea who they were, um, but I remember I was sitting in history class and I was checking my email in class, which don't do that, but I was checking my email and I'm like, Virginia Commonwealth, like, what is this? Like Virginia, oh, I, I wanted to stay close to home and I was from Utah. So I wanted to stay on the West coast. 
And so I was like, well, like this is the first school that's really expressed interest in me. And the coach was a former Olympian played with me a ham. And I was like, well, let's like, let's give it a shot. So I like went on visits there. I got two offers, one to VCU and one to uh, Utah state. And I, I went and visited both and the culture at VCU in Virginia was just so much better. I love the coaches. Um, it was just like, it felt right. And it also felt extremely scary, which was like, I need to get out of Utah. I need to get out of this comfort zone of Utah. And so I went to VCU for a semester at 18 years old. That's very hard to be 2000 miles away from home. Um, so I was only there for a semester great experience, but it just wasn't for me. And then I transferred to Utah state. Luckily they, they, you know, offered me a, a pretty good scholarship to go play for, for them. And I'm so glad I did because it was just like, just the, the best, you know, three years of my life, I could say was playing there and building the best part. Wasn't the soccer. It was just the, the community, the family, the relationships with the teams and the coaches and, and all the other athletes. So, and like, I'm just thinking, cause now like we hear these stories all the time, like kids will be like, Oh, like they live in, say they live in Georgia, but then they're going to go play like school in Washington or California. And, and, and they do, they get homesick and it's something that like, they have to weigh out those options, but how, how have you seen some of those students that you worked with maybe that that plays a big impact on their confidence and maybe even it had an impact on your confidence more about the decision-making process. Yeah. Cause that's, I, I think that's a big thing that I see is like, Oh, is this going to be the right choice? Like it, there, it creates so much stress. Like, I don't know if this is the school for me. It's like, maybe it's not my number one, but like, I like it. And I had a girl I was working with that kind of was feeling that way. And I was like, you know what, like your decision, it doesn't have to be the end all be all like you can transfer like, we're obviously not aiming for that, but like, you can change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to say, you know what? I'm not happy here. I'm going to go somewhere else. So that's what I like to remind, you know, kids of, as they're going through the recruiting process is like, really listen to your gut, really listen to your heart, like forget the status, forget like all the other stuff that looks good on paper. Like what feels right to you? go with that. And if it doesn't work out, like you have other options. And that I think relieves a lot of the pressure and stress that goes all along with the recruiting process. Yes. I love that you said that. Like it's, it's okay. Like make the decision. And and I've said it before with students, it's like, you have to weigh your pros and your cons, but in the end, you got to go with your gut. And the thing about it is even if you get there and it's, you don't feel it, it's not in your gut. Those are the conversations you have with your parents or your coaches with the, you know, coaching staff, everything like that, and figure out where you belong because there is a place where you belong. And yeah. that's just all of this process, but you also have to do a lot of soul searching in yourself to know and be confident in those decisions. Right. And it takes also, it takes confidence in your decisions, but also it like, you got it. You got to trust, you trust yourself and trust your decisions and not rely on mom and dad's opinion. And obviously you take that feedback and you take their opinion, but you can't make your decisions purely off of what your parents want or what, you know, other people want. And I've seen that with, with basketball players that I've worked with them. They're like, they, their community and everything was like, they want me to go to this school. And I'm like, well, what do you want? It's like, don't like factor that in. Like, you have to live your next four years of your life there. So don't do it for other people. Like make sure it's right for you. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that's what 
gosh, I start thinking about all these things. I start thinking about how confidence plays a part in all of this. So like, why is it so important that we build confidence at such an early age? Because you you were even talking about 12 years old. That's when you started to struggle with it. It's, it really is. And it's crazy. Um, like in my Facebook group, I'll have parents, like I have 10 year olds in my program, but I'll have parents like seven year olds and, and, and reaching out. And I'm like, that's, you know, it, it's not necessarily too early, but it's too early for what I do. Um, but it really is. I think confidence is kind of the foundation. So I'm going to say confidence, self-love, self-worth, we can all put those together. Right. So I'm going to say those like confidence, self-love, self-worth is really the foundation to just being a good human being. Like the more confident you are in yourself, the more you love yourself, the more you can pour out to others, the more you can take chances in your life, the more, uh, you know, better relationships you'll have with other people, but it really starts with the relationship with yourself. And like, you can look at this, a good example is like bullying, right? If it, there's lots of bullying that goes on, cyberbullying in school, whatever. And a lot of the time, I think maybe a hundred percent of the time, I think the bully has a major self-confidence issue, a major lack of self-love and self-worth. And so like, if we all just loved ourselves a little more, I honestly just think the world would be such a better place. Cause we would, we would do things out of love, not out of like trying to get approval or, or trying to like necessarily achieve things. It's like, it really is, I think the foundation for just like reaching your goals and doing what you want to do and making an impact in the world. Oh, that's so good. Cause I'm even thinking about like, you know, our student athletes, sometimes they have these really big goals and these really big dreams. Mm-hmm. I don't, something's holding them back. Something's holding them back from reaching it. So like, what, what are those things or like the trends that you're seeing when you work with these student athletes of things that are holding them back? Number one, without a doubt, fear of judgment. Oh, okay. Specifically, and I can't speak for boys, maybe different with boys that maybe still fear, but maybe not so much fear of judgment. But I think with girl athletes, um, and I've kind of developed this listening and observing over the last, you know, three years of doing this work, every single fear that we talk about when we go through and we're like, what's the deep rooted fear, like the fear of failure, fear of not being good enough. Well, what's the deep rooted behind that? A lot of time it's fear of judgment like fear of what other people are going to think of me. And let's talk, let's think about like college. Like if, if, if they want to go to a certain school, but it's like, I don't want to put myself out there because I don't want to make a mistake. And if I make a mistake, people are going to think I'm not good enough and people aren't going to like me. And if we're going to get really, really deep here, um, I think the four kids and I mean, even for adults looking back at their, you know, inner child, a lot of it is like the fear of not being loved by your parents, which is, I would say, a, a fear of judgment. Um, but I know that like a lot of the things that I've been talking about with my girls is like, you have to like be okay with being judged because you're going to be judged no matter what. You're going to be judged. And if you are not okay with being judged, you're going to let those people, you're going to let other people dictate how you live your life. And when you stop living your life the way you want to, when you, when you don't take the chance, when you don't try out for the team, when you, you don't talk to that person because you fear judgment, you're giving those people your power. You're saying here, you get to decide how I'm living my life. And it can be as simple as like, 
um, for me when I was a kid, like I, I wanted to dress a certain way. I didn't want to dress like a girly girl, but I feared judgment. And so it's like, I was giving those, those people my power and saying, here, you get to decide who I am and how I live and what I wear. So I think that's the biggest thing that stops girls specifically from reaching their goals and just their full potential is just like their fear of judgment. So thinking of this and knowing that this is kind of the trend that you see, what are like steps that you recommend? What are steps that you, maybe you've even seen some of these girls do to really break that barrier? Yeah, really good question. So in my opinion, we all to a point, we want to be liked. We want, we care what people think about us. I care what people think about me, right? It's like, it's, I feel like it's just, that's a normal human emotion to be liked. You want to feel like you belong. So that's normal. So it's not necessarily to like, like, be like, ah, just don't care. That's not going to work. Number one, but it's more so like the more we can love ourselves, the less we care what other people think of us, the more we can love ourselves, the less we're going to let other people dictate how we live our life, right? Like if you're really, really confident in yourself and someone comments on your shirt, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to wear this shirt again. No, you're going to be like, that's okay. They don't like the shirt. I love it. And I'm going to work it. Right. So it really does come down to like just getting them to love themselves on the deepest level. So not only love the the great parts about them, but also love the parts about them that they don't necessarily like and, and, and love and accept. And like, you know, I, I was telling girls a story about a part of my body that I really didn't like. It was yesterday or earlier this week on our coaching call. Cause we were talking about this exact topic. And I was like, I used to like let other people dictate, like I used to hide and I used to not go to the swimming pool and I used to not wear a swimsuit because I was so scared of what other people thought. Right. But then it's like, the more I got confident in myself, you know, 20 years later, now it's like, yeah, I still care. I still don't love that part about myself, but I can accept it. And I'm not going to let it like stop me from living my life. Yeah. Oh, and like, I just continue to think, now, you and I weren't impacted in this way when we were kind of going through our collegiate careers or even like as, you know, going through the recruiting process, but how have you seen social media actually have such an impact on confidence level when maybe some people are actually doing the work and they're working through that, but then boom, like someone comments, someone says something Mm -hmm. and unfollow or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I did not have social media. Yes. <laughs> Aren't you like, <laughs> oh my, my gosh, God. so thankful every single day. Like that was not even a factor. <laughs> I know, man. I'm so glad I didn't have it. Um, it's funny, Sarah, like I literally just, cause I, I know, like I have this conversation a lot, how, how it affects them, but I posted in my Facebook group this morning, actually, I said, does your daughter have social media? If so, does it negatively or positively impact her confidence and mental health? And we have some really good discussion going, like everyone's saying negative, but also they're saying how hard it is as a parent. So that's a whole other topic of how parents, and I don't have all the answers on that. Um, But yeah, I think it's made a massive, you know, a lot of negative impact on kids because all you got to do is go click a button and you can start comparing yourself. Now I'll be totally transparent. I did that the other day. I got on social media, on Instagram and I saw someone's post and I was like, oh, I don't like how I feel. And so what did I do? I, number one, I muted this person. No, not that I don't like the person, not that their stuff isn't great because it is, 
but I just, I needed to like not see their stuff for a few days so that I could come back to myself. So I did that. And then immediately I got off social media. So there are so many positive resources on social media, so many. So we, it's like, we have to learn to, I think it's like being really in tune with, with your feelings and how you're feeling on social media like, like going on intentionally. So it's like going on intentionally typing in, you know, Sarah, go and listen into your videos and stuff and being intentional. Um, number one, number two is like, when you notice that you're feeling not good enough, or you notice that you're feeling angry or jealous or envious, it's like, can you be self-aware enough to, to get off the app? So that's another thing. Um, and just like, that's one tool that I've used is muting people when, and, and I don't mute them for very long. Maybe it's a couple of days, maybe it's a couple of weeks, but I just like need that time for me to like not see their stuff because it keeps bringing up something in me. So yeah. those are some kind of tools I've used. Well, and I'm thinking too, like, as you mute somebody, it's not like you're like unfollowing them and yeah, saying like, exactly. oh, I can't do this, but you're like, I just need to separate myself a little bit. And, and then you become more self-aware of those feelings. And when they do spark back up, you can identify what were the words that they were saying that allowed me to like go into that place of like feeling icky or like whatever that may be. And, you know, we have this discussion all the time about like staying in your lane, like not getting distracted by other things around you. And that is being able to do that really settles down all the distractions. Yeah. And you know, another big thing too, and this is, I found this in myself is that when, and I said, I mentioned intention earlier, like sometimes I'll go on social media and I'll be like, oh, I want to watch this person's video and I'll go watch it and I'll get off. Right. And it's really good for me. But there's other times where just out of pure boredom during a commercial or just like, I need a mental break. We all do it. We grab our phones and we just mindlessly scroll. Now that's where I feel the worst about myself is when I'm just mindlessly scrolling. So if you can also be aware that when you're getting on social media, try to be intentional with it. Um, if you're just going to get on to have a mental break and scroll, eh, it's better go to go do something else. But if you're going to do it, maybe just give yourself a time limit. Maybe, you know, give yourself five minutes when the timer goes off, boom, I'm getting off so that it doesn't turn into this like rabbit hole kind of thing. Those are such great tips. So Shay, you know, the podcast is called Confessions from the Sidelines. <laughs> oh, I have a lot. So I love <laughs> to know what is your favorite memory of standing on the sidelines? Like being injured or like what is specifically oh, like maybe it's like when you were coaching, maybe it's when like you were like not in the game at the time, or like it could totally be just your favorite memory overall of like sports. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I would say I think it, it was my senior year. And okay. Yes, I got it. I got it. So it was my senior year and I played an amazing game. It was a semifinals in the, in the mountain West conference championship. So my quite possibly, um, actually, sorry, quarterfinals. So it quite possibly was the last game of my career. So I was, I played a really good game, but then we went to PKs and I'm not the greatest PK taker. So I got, I was put on the bench, which I was totally fine with. Right. Um, so we're playing Nevada in Nevada and we, or sorry, maybe it was, it was New Mexico, New Mexico and New Mexico. And so they were the home team. We were not supposed to win that game. We went into PKs and I can like see it so clear in my mind. The last PK, 
and me just sprinting onto the field. Like there's actually a picture of me and my coach, like sprinting onto the field, just like rut, like doggy pile, like coolest thing ever. Cause that meant number one, we were going to go, you know, play San Diego in the semifinal, but also meant I got one more game. They, I got to play one more game and that those two games were, were probably, I would say I could bring so many memories from the, those two games. Probably one of the times where I felt the most joy in my life was those moments. That's so good. And, you know, as a former soccer player, (laughs) we all know the heartbreak and the joy that comes with ending a game on PKs every single time. I know. It's just like when you win them, it's just like you really got to soak it up because it's it's totally, you know, one is devastation and the other one is pure joy. Right. Right. It's totally different emotions altogether. (laughs) So Shay, where can parents and students find you? You mentioned your Facebook group a couple of times. So I want to make sure people know about that. And then how can they hang out with you online? Yes. So the best place for parents is my Facebook group. So if you just go into Facebook and you type in Alpha Girl Confidence, you should be able to find the group there. We got, I go live once or twice or three times a month, depending on the month. Um, and then for players, they can find me on Instagram at Shea Hatto, and then also Twitter. I kind of do it all um, at Shea Hatto as well on, on Instagram and Twitter. So those are, those are the spots. And then the Alpha Girl Confidence podcast as well. Yeah. And we'll be sure to link all of those resources in the show notes to the podcast. And then you also have a book, right? I do have a book. It's called She the Confident. Um, you can find it on Amazon or if you just Google She the Confident, you'll you'll find it there. So yeah. Yeah, I will link that Amazon link as well in the show notes. But yeah, Shay, thanks so much for being here. It was so great to chat with you. Yeah, awesome conversation. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you have enjoyed today's show, be sure to head on over to your favorite podcasting platform to rate and review the show. And as always, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.